Um, but before we do that, you can see that um, I just wanted to prove to you that I wasn't off in the woods someplace ignoring all of you for the last couple of weeks. Uh, last weekend, uh, for actually for the last week, I was with Mike and Carrie Snavely with Mission Imperative. We went to Montana to look at some possibilities for uh, ministry, uh, ministry uh, working together in ministry with the Glendive Dinosaur and Fossil Museum and the, the uh, proprietors there. Uh, that is not a lizard over there. Uh, this is off, right off of I-95. They have people come right off the, uh, the highway uh, into the museum. It is the second largest museum in Montana. It is the only one that I'm aware of that actually presents the dinosaurs and the fossils according to what the Word of God says, according to creation and the flood, the young earth, that type of thing. Uh, but the little creature right there actually is a T-Rex busting through the wall. He's not really breaking through the wall, but uh, when you go down the highway, it's pretty impressive when you see him sticking out there. But uh, I was with as a member of their board uh, to, to make some decisions and do some research with them. Uh, inside, it's well done. They have uh, lots of, of uh, the dinosaur uh, fossils, and uh, that's a T-Rex right here and another one that looks like them, but it's not, uh, and they're really big. They take two stories to do. Uh, that turtle, I can't remember. It's either, this is actually a sea turtle fossil from there to there. I think it's 10 or 12 feet. It's huge uh, in there. Uh, we did do something patriotic. We actually stopped at Mount Rushmore because it was on the way uh, to see that. That's impressive. That's kind of good for Memorial Day. And then we went to something that when you deal with uh, creation and evolution, this is Devil's Tower. It's the first uh, national park in the United States, as far as I know. Uh, it is literally an unexploded volcano that um, solidified, and then after the flood, all the ground around it washed away, and there's 1,267 feet above the, the surface that this thing goes up. It's really impressive. Uh, it's, it's all awestruck. It, all, it makes you awestruck is what I'm trying to say. Uh, just looking at it, we walked around that. And then we also stopped at a place called the Mammoth Site. They literally found hundreds of mammoths and other uh, animals that were buried by limestone that was liquid. It came up. You can actually see where it came up from the ground and just covered them over in this pit. Uh, they're not fossilized. They're the actual bones, and it's a working pit. They just build the building over top of it, and they leave the bones in the position they found them, and it's pretty interesting. You can see this is a whole mammoth head and the tusks, things like that in there. It's really interesting uh, to see that. That's what I was doing. Uh, There's some questions we wanted to ask that guy. He wanted to ask Mike, and I was with there to observe as the um, member of his board, and uh, it was an interesting trip. As Of course, uh, when you go with Mike, if you've ever heard him talk, Murphy always goes with, you know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. We got the Minneapolis-St. Paul uh, Airport, and two-thirds of the electricity was gone. Guess which one we were going out on? One of those. And so uh, we tried everything, and they said they couldn't get us a plane out until Tuesday. So we rented a car and drove all night. So we missed a whole night of sleep, uh, but we did get where we wanted to by the time we wanted to. But uh, it was a little wear and tear. 
So anyway, that's what we were doing, and um, you know, it's it's great to just see that other people are really taking seriously what the Word of God says and putting it into uh, practice. Uh, the museum that we went to see uh, is unabashedly creation. Right, you walk in the door, it says Genesis one one, and then as you go into the museum, it has Job chapter twelve, and then all of the exhibits have plaques that draw the attention to that evolution could not do this. It had to be what the Bible said. And uh, it gets a lot of criticism. If you want to look it up, you'll know you have the right website. If you see, you know, T-Rex sticking out the front wall, it's the Glendive Dinosaur and Fossil Museum. And you will find that there's articles written they do not like uh, his museum because they say it's not science and it's not pseudoscience. It's not science at all. Uh, because it will not fit their philosophy that the world is millions and billions of years old. So anyway, uh, that's what I've been doing, and uh, Mike's doing well, so is Carrie, and we had some wear and tear. So this morning, you are in Deuteronomy chapter 13. I'm not going to go there yet, but we're looking at, uh, and this is part of the series that we're doing in other cults and religions. Uh, This is on the New Age movement. I've entitled it One Part East, One Part West, and One Part Other, simply because the New Age movement is a conglomeration, a synchronization of a whole lot of things put together. Uh, In fact, let me just look at the characteristics. NAM is New Age movement, by the way, just in case anybody didn't figure that out. Uh, look at the characteristics of it. First of all, it is not some organized group like a church or a synagogue or something like that. It is a philosophy of life that in essence says that uh, we um, have a whole different worldview. There are things that we don't know that we can know, and a lot of them are not known by normal means. It very closely fits with a postmodern mindset. If you were here a few weeks ago, you know what that means. But postmodernism says there are no absolutes and we cannot know truth. New Age movement is, in its essence, and we'll see this in a little bit, is Eastern. It comes from Hinduism, Buddhism, and those types of things. And uh, contradictions don't matter. You're going to hear me say things about their concept of God that are just contradictory, that one says one thing and one says the other. To them, that's not a problem because that's Eastern philosophy. And, And so you can have contradictions without being wrong. But this is simply taking the concept from the East and Westernizing it. For example... One of the premises of the New Age movement and most Eastern religions is reincarnation, where you live life and then you either come, you you don't go out of existence, but uh, you come back as a higher form or a lower form. That's Hinduism. You can come back as a rat or a rock or a cow or something like that if you're bad news, and you can come back as a god if you're good. Not the westernized version. We're Americans, we're the West. Carm, uh, um, in reincarnation only goes in the positive. There is no negative. It's interesting that that's why I call the one part West. And then there's one part other. You'll know what that is in a little bit. But it fits that postmodern mindset. In fact, as I'm going to tell you right now, the scariest part of this, and it was a little depressing studying this, is that you will find New Age movement philosophy and ideas on TV big time. 
You will find it in our society as a whole. And, unfortunately, you will find it in the church. And you'll find it in your home if you're not aware of it. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this. Because it comes in and many times looks good. It looks like you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. The the self-help things, a lot of them have New Age or Eastern thought behind them, Eastern philosophy behind them. That is a spirituality without the God of the Bible. And it's a spirituality and a spiritual life without Christ and his work on the cross, without the Holy Spirit working. It is what you see a lot of celebrities and people that are well-known. They're like, well, I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual. That is almost always, not quite, but almost always a key that they are following New Age philosophy because they have a spirituality without Christ, without the gospel, without the death, burial, and resurrection work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no moral, ethical commitment. I'm not telling you they're all immoral. I'm just saying that there are no Ten Commandments. There are no thou shalt and thou shalt nots. It is not that kind of a movement. And so it's very attractive to those that are without Christ. Because I'm spiritual, but I don't need to make a commitment in my moral life. There is no doctrinal standard. We have the Word of God. We say it's the final and complete basis of our faith, and that's correct. The New Age movement does not have that. We're going to talk about this extensively as we go on. But there is no one source of authority. There are many sources of authority, and they come from all different directions. They actually say, yeah, we believe the Bible as we interpret it. But they also have cultic practices and the occult that are all mixed together along with Eastern things and um, some other things also. It is syncretism. Syncretism may be a new word to you. Not, don't worry about it. It's synchronized. It's all put together. They take all kinds of religions and put them together and say there are no contradictions. So they have no problem with the name of Christ. But when you find out what they're talking about, you go, that's not the Christ of the Bible. They have no problem with uh, lots of things. Uh, They don't have a problem with Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism or Christianity, except the moment you say that there is only one way to be right with God. There's only one way to have spiritual life. There's only one way to be right in this world as well as the future. And that's through Christ. All of a sudden, everything stops. That's the way it is. Everything else is okay. You, and and uh, pretty much the mindset is, well, if you say, well, I've trusted Christ. He's my Savior. Well, that's good for you. I'm glad for you. But that's not the only way. Their high priestess, as I will tell you in a short while, uh, has made those statements um, in her teaching. It's you choose. You are God or God-like. People say, New Age, did it just start? The answer is, in the fashion we see it today, it just did. But it started a long time ago. If you notice the last couple of words there, it started in Genesis chapter 3. See, God had said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the day you do, you will surely die. 
Satan comes along and says, oh, no, 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 no. God doesn't know what he's talking about. He's holding the best for himself. When you eat, you will become like God, knowing good and evil. What Satan didn't tell them is that when you rebel against this express and clear command of God, you're now a sinful rebel, and you will do what is wrong, and you will now have a sin nature. And that sin nature will take your thinking and your actions and everything in the wrong direction. So the New Age movement is not new at all. It's only new in the form that we know it today, which started pretty much in the 60s with the hippie movement and the flower power and all of those types of things. That's when it started. We supposedly came into the age of Aquarius. Some of you old folks remember that song? Believe me, the song is totally wrong, totally everything's wrong. First of all, nobody knows how long an age is. They, none of them agree on it. They don't know when they started and when they stop and when, when a new one comes in. They don't know any of those things. But supposedly somewhere in the 60s, the age of Aquarius came along and I guess long hair and everything that went with it. I don't know. But that's the new age that we know, the popularized version of it. But it is... But it's just a tiny fraction of what is actually happening. It, it is contradictive. It's all-inclusive. It's pluralistic. It is supposedly this journey of enlightenment. Because you don't need Christ. You're already God. All you need to do is discover that. You need to discover your higher self. Your spark of divinity that is in you. And uh, by the way, if you're sick today or you're, you're hurting, uh, that's just an illusion. Because when you come in contact, you'll realize that all of this life is just an illusion. Only those spiritual things. And the only way you get those is you've got to get in touch with your higher self or the divinity that is within you. And if you uh, do any kind of research, you'll know that uh, all of those things uh, are a part of this. And so, many people over the years have popularized this. The first time, and I've, I was not a Christian when this happened, but the Beatles, remember them? They used to be around a long time ago. They went over to India, and they came back. They got a guru, and they came back, and they started writing songs. Uh, George Harrison wrote, My Sweet Lord. And I remember, I think I was in grade school when this happened. His people would say, the Beatles are now Christians. Did anybody ever listen to the end of the song? Actually, the whole song, but the end of the song? It goes, Rama, Rama, Hare Krishna, 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 Rama, Rama. And it goes on. It's a Hebrew, uh, Hebrew, Hindu, not Hebrew, Hindu chant to Lord Krishna. One of the Hindu gods. That's what it is. That's the whole song. My sweet Lord has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with the word of God. Nothing to do with the God of the Bible. That's what I remember. And they did other ones like Imagine and Instant Karma and things like this where you go, where did these things come? I didn't even know what the new age was then. But I remember those things. Then there was their first high priestess, their first spokesman. You might know the name. Her name is Shirley MacLaine. She is a New Ager to the core. She wrote a book, Out on a Limb. The Christian response to that was, Out on a Broken Limb. But I was in Lancaster Bible College, had a, a class in apologetics and cults. And we had an assignment. 
because when the movie came out on TV, I was in the middle of that class, and the teacher said, your assignment is to go home tonight and watch that movie, and you, we are going to discuss it tomorrow because I want you to be able to defend what the Word of God says as opposed to the movie. And if you remember, if you've ever seen it, uh, she is trying to uh, teach some young guy to get into this new age thing, and they're standing on the seashore, and the waves, there are huge waves are coming in, and she says, you say, I am God. He says, I am God. No, 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 you got to say it, and they go over this a couple of times, and I'm sitting there in my living room wanting to scream, I'm going, and if you are God, tell that wave to stop, you know, but obviously that's not going to happen, but she was the original that she just popularized it, and today, and this part will probably get me in trouble with somebody here, But the high priestess, the spokesman for the new age today, is the most powerful woman in all of the world today. You got it. It's Oprah. And you say, Holly, what are you talking about? Is she a new ager? Let me just give you a real short course in what she teaches. Now, I'm not telling you everything she's done is wrong. She's helped a lot of people. That's not my point. But at the basis of why she does and how she does what she does is the new age. It's very easy to prove. You can go look it up for yourself. It's not not hard. All you have to do is do a little research. I'm not even recommending you do it because it's it's mind-boggling. It's so contradictory and so much mishmash of things. It just gives you a headache doing it. But... uh, She's done two things. She's promoted books, and the books she promoted, many of them are New Age Doctrine. Straightforward. Uh, For example, the first one is uh, entitled A Course in Miracles. The whole thing was done on the radio. It was done on the Internet. Uh, it's It's based on the book, A Course in Miracles. The lady who scribed it, she doesn't claim to be the author, she, say, she claims she simply wrote down what Jesus channeled to her. i got to tell you, there are indeed spiritual forces other than God. A channeler or a medium is simply someone who claims to give you information from somebody that's passed on, somebody that died, and they're bringing back to you through them information. That's what she's claiming how she got the book. So it's based on that. Now, i got to tell you, no channeler or medium has ever contacted dead people. There's only one instance in the Bible, and you know that's Samuel and Saul, and that was not a good thing. It was not a normal thing. It, in fact, this Saul was pretty torqued. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Samuel was pretty mad that uh, God let him come back and talk to Saul, and it was not a good message. You all know the story. But it's not a biblical concept. And so, um, who are they contacting? Where is the source? I can tell you right now what it is. It's not some dead person who's contacting us. It's demonic, evil spirits, fallen angels. That's where it comes from. That's the, that's the basis of the book. And then the second one is um, uh, by a guy, but I'll get to that one at the end here. But just leave me give you a few quotes from this course. Uh, it's like uh, three books and a workbook and a, a, a book of definitions all put together. But just let me give you a few of these. Uh, <clears throat> for example, and these are all quotes. I'm just going to go through them very quickly. My salvation comes from me. I, it cannot come from anywhere else. 
There is no sin. Do not make the pathetic human error of clinging to the old rugged cross. God is in everything I see. I'll I'll go back to the Bible here in a moment. Evil does not exist. A slain Christ has no meaning. I am as God created me. His son can suffer nothing. I am his son. The oneness of the creator and the creation is your wholeness. That's a whole Eastern thought there. Um, Death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. Remember, life's an illusion. This isn't real. This isn't real here today. Neither are those chairs. Getting a little deeper. The atonement is the final lesson he, that is man, needs to learn. For it teaches him that having never sinned, there is no need of salvation. The crucifixion did not establish the atonement. The resurrection did. And you go, well, hold it. That's, that, those are Christian things. Just remember, there was no forgiveness of sin on the basis of the resurrection. That's on the basis of the death of Christ. The resurrection simply proves that it was true. That's all that it, that proves. So they, they look like they use the Bible. And by the way, Course in Miracles uses many biblical words and concepts and quotes. But totally with a new bent on them. Listen to this next one. If God permitted and even encouraged one of his sons with a capital S to suffer because he was good, this is particularly unfortunate. This is a particularly unfortunate interpretation which arose out of projection and has led many people to be bitterly afraid of God. If you remember from a few weeks ago when we talked about the emergent church and, you know, is there a hell? God is too loving to do that. Sounds very much like that. I'm not telling you that's new age. I'm just telling you that concept is there. And it's creeping into the church, not only there, but many other places. Uh, God did not make the body because it is destructible. Like God didn't create, and we know that. But anyway, and it says, no one is punished for sins. The sons of God are not sinners. That's the whole concept. That's promoted. I happened to be flipping through the channels the other day, and I cannot quote exactly what Oprah was saying, but I only saw about 30 seconds of it. And basically, you need to get in touch with the divinity that's in you. That whole concept has come across for years. And the second one, by a guy named Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle, the power of now. He said this, and this is a part of another book and course that Oprah promoted. Do not get attached to any one word. You can substitute Christ for presence if that is more meaningful to you. Christ is your God essence or the self. That's with a capital S. As it is sometimes called in the East. The only difference between Christ and presence is that Christ refers to your indwelling deity regardless of whether you're conscious of it or not. Whereas presence means your awakened divinity or God essence. Now, why am I just quoting those? I could quote from lots of books, lots of people, but Oprah is the one that's been the spokesman for the last, what, 20 years uh, for all of this type of thing. Again, I'm not telling you everything she's done is wrong. I'm just telling you her basis in life and what she promotes is from this point of view. Now, where do we go from here? Oh, that, that, 
What are the authorities? The Bible as reinterpreted. I already told you that one. Hinduism, which in essence says you, the end result is you become one with the universe. Buddhism, which is the end of all desire, nirvana, which is, means you have no desire, you just kind of become nothing. Uh, Zen Buddhism, which is enlightenment through meditation. The most famous Zen Buddhist uh, saying is, what is the hand of one, I mean, what's the sound of one hand clapping? You know, just nonsense stuff that means nothing, and there is no answer, but uh, that's how you get enlightenment. Spiritualism, which is what I referred to earlier about the channeling, is somebody claiming that the dead are speaking through them. That's a great source. As I said, this one book even claims to be coming from that. Astrology, which is not the same as astronomy, but astrology basically says your life is fatalistic. You have no control. Whatever the planets or the stars or whatever says, that's what happens in your life. And then, I told you the bottom line, humanism. Man is the final authority. Whether you believe that you have a spark of divinity or you are a god or a godlike, man is the one that makes the decision. Remember I said, you choose. Well, I got one more too. But you choose. You're the one that makes the decision. It is not an all-powerful, sovereign God who says, this is the way it is, this is what I have declared. You can choose. You can pick and choose for whatever, from whatever direction you want. And then there's Taoism, and I know it says a T there, but that's how you pronounce it. And that basically is, uh, the end of that is being in harmony with the universe. Uh, the most um, famous symbol from Taoism is the I Chang symbol with the little black and white curly cues. I Chang, that kind of thing. It all comes from there. Again, those kinds of things. You choose. You're a God. You're godlike, And those things are what it's, in essence, the New Age is. I found this on the New Age website. Uh, they were selling this medallion. Um, on the one side, it had all these figures. On the other side, it says, May the followers of all religions and spiritual paths work together to create peace among all people on earth. Now, everybody would like peace on earth, but we know that you don't have peace on earth without the Prince of Peace ruling from the throne of David. That's what the Bible says, but they don't believe that. And then this is simply taking all these symbols and they're saying, yeah, we believe all of those. In fact, you can be an agnostic or an atheist and still be a part of this system because it's a philosophy of life, not a religious uh, church or synagogue or anything like that. What are the traits? Well, first of all, let's look at God. They believe, and and again, these are going to be contradictory, so be aware that this is going to contradict each other. But uh, the, the traits are there's everything is one. There's not God and there's not people. Everything is one. There is really no God. It's just all one. That's monism. Everything flows together. God said in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. In the Ten Commandments, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all the, the sea and all that they contain. God says, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. I existed first, then I brought everything else into existence. Not everything is the same. Then there's pantheism. All is God. So uh, there's a spark of divinity in everything. 
It's why when you get to Hinduism, you can't kill rats and cows because that could be your mother. That could be a god. That you, you just don't know. God is in everything. It it's a, just all, means all. Everything is God. It's different than, mon, uh, than monism. Then there's polytheism. Because if all is God, well, you could either have many gods, which means everything. It just makes no sense. But polytheism simply says there are many gods. Oh, by the way, Jesus Christ is okay here. He's the greatest channeler who ever lived. Greatest medium. He is an avatar. An incarnation of God. Along with Krishna and Buddha and Muhammad and seen just like the rest of those. But that's the New Age movement. Many gods. And uh, they, they come. And then, and this is probably the most famous one, is God is simply an impersonal force. For example, you may know about this from The Force Be With You from Star Trek. I've never watched those things, but uh, when I was in college, man, that was the biggest thing to watch. I watched it one time with the guys, and I'm like, why do you watch this? And I know that's... But The Force is that kind of a concept where there's not a personal God, which the Word of God is very clear. Uh, It says... I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. He is making it personal. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. I will have no imposters, and I am a God. It's not some impersonal force. He is God. In the New Testament, it says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And he is the one who gave his life as a ransom for all. The testimony born at the proper time. God is not some impersonal force. He is the one who he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He is claiming to be a personal being. And then, as I already mentioned, there's the impersonal God concept, but having incarnations or avatars. Avatar is just another um, uh, presentation on this world of God, Krishna being one. Christ, I think, is listed as the 14th one or something like that. But All of these things. I don't know how you do this. To me, it's a contradiction because how do you have something that's impersonal and now you make it personal? But that's what they do in their thinking. And then there is man is God. That is the one that is not only Western, but that's the humanism. That's the one part other. Because this is simply what makes me feel good. That's what I do. I can make the choice. I decide what my God is like. I decide how I worship my God or how I live my life in light of God with a small G, big G, whatever. I'm the one that decides because it's my highest self. It's my self-confidence that I have. It's the spark of divinity in me that I need to be enlightened about so that I can get my life right. The Bible is very clear that that is simply not true. I just read the verse where it makes it clear. There is one God and one meteor between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Nobody else. It's not me. It's Christ. 
I need him. In fact, is to bring this, oh, I have one, one more, but to, to bring this first part to an end is in John chapter 1, it says this, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is Jesus Christ, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. There are no other incarnations, only Jesus Christ. Buddha doesn't cut it. Krishna doesn't cut it. Muhammad doesn't cut it. It's only Jesus Christ. But the New Age movement says, you know what? You could probably decide that somebody sitting in the audience is an incarnation and, and go with that. Nobody could contradict you because how do you know? But the whole thing about man is God, we're back to Genesis chapter 3. Because Adam, and Eve in particular in this case, decided, you know what? I do really want to be like God. And so they rebelled. It is the essence of humanism because I believe that I'm God. Whether I look at it in a spiritual sense or just totally a secular sense that I can do whatever I want and I can thumb my nose at God and he can't do a thing about it. God is clear. He is a personal God. He is separate from the creation. He is the creator. We are the creation. People sometimes will say, what do you know? And I'll say, I know there's a God and I am not he. That is a biblical statement. Because God spoke all creation into existence. Creation does exist. It is physical. There is spiritual and and the soul also. But it's all of those things. But they're not one and the same. There are not many gods. There's one God who did it all. And mostly the work was done through Jesus Christ here on earth. But I'd like to take you to, uh, oops, I got ahead of myself. Sorry about that. Uh, I'd like to take you to one other thought. What is their final authority? And now you're in Deuteronomy chapter 13. If you would follow along with me, please. Their authority is one that says, you know what? Wherever the source is, so it can come from astrology, it can come from a Hindu uh, writing, it can come from somebody that channeled something, it can come from uh, uh, just about anything you can think of. You can decide it for yourself. But here's what God says about a false prophet, because all of these people would be claiming to speak for God or claiming to be God themselves. It says there's here. It says, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them. Now, notice what it's saying about this prophet. What they said actually came true. Because if a prophet prophesied something and the prophecy didn't come true... Instantly we go, hey, they were, they're fake. They're a fraud. They don't know what they're talking about. But in this case, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that whatever they predicted came true. But along with that prediction, along with their prophecy, they said something else. They said, let us go after other gods and let us serve them. Even if They said, Lord, Lord, haven't we done marvelous things and done miracles in your name? He says, don't go after them. If they're telling you anything that takes you away from a relationship with Christ, 
If there is spiritual life in any other way other than through the finished work of Jesus Christ, they are a false prophet because the Word of God makes that clear. No way can we come to heaven. No way can we be coming to God except through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by or through me. That's it. Anything that preaches, teaches anything other than that. So if there's a spark of divinity in you, you have something that you don't need to come through Christ. If it's, you know, any of those kinds of things. But let's go on and look at the rest of the passage. Verse 3 goes on to say, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. So he's saying, you know what? You will have things go on. They're going to look good. They'll have a nice shiny outside. But if they are not what I just explained, that's a test from the Lord to see are you really going to obey me? Are you going to keep your, your mind on the Word of God, your focus on Jesus Christ, or are you going to go a different direction? It says that in verse 4, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments, listen to His voice, serve Him, and cling to Him. I don't know. I, I didn't see any chinks in there where, you know, you could put something else in there. It's like, no, it's all or nothing. Anything that comes along that does not say it's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, anything other than that is a fraud and fake. It's wrong. In fact, is it does not come from God, and there's only one other source, or two other sources. One could be man's mind, which that one's a disaster to start with, and could be demonic. That's the only other two places it can come from. Verse 5 goes on, and I'll finish with that. But that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. You shall purge the evil from among you. I challenge you. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but I challenge you. Look at your life. And determine anything that claims to be spiritual, if it is leading you away from Christ, it is not from God. If the focus is not on him, it's not from God. I'd like to end with one illustration. Uh, My daughter, Amy, had to confront this. Her and I talked uh, before she went to massage therapy school. By the way, I have nothing against massages. No problem with that. Except that there are branches of new age movement as a part of of massage therapy, and they're taught in the classroom. The one I'm referring to, and I'll do real quick, it's it's called Reiki. You cannot be a practitioner of Reiki without being a, having an attunement. Actually, you can get up to four of them. The whole concept was given by channeling, and there are spiritual guides that show you exactly what to do. By the way, in this massage, you never even touch the person supposedly you'll be able to line up the the chakras and the chi of the person so that it flows and they'll be healthy and all those kinds of things. The truth of the matter is that's not biblical and it's, it, it doesn't, it, it can have effects. Somebody could say, well, I had one of those massages and it helped me. 
But I'm telling you, it is based on a false spirituality that does not come from God, and it is carried out through people. And by the way, they claim the practitioner never exerts any energy because it's the universal life force going through that person because they now have spiritual guides, and whatever they're doing is going to line you up and heal you and get you straightened out. Now, there's a lot more that could be said. That's a real quick version of it. But think about this. In your life, the TV programs you watch, the things that you read in books, the things you uh, see around you, the things that people live by, be careful. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just be careful. You need to live with your eyes wide open. And how do you do that? How do you know the false? How do you know if it's going the wrong direction? All I know is this. You stick to the Word of God. Keep your nose in the book, the Bible. Keep your focus on your Savior. Because we know that there are those, according to the New Testament, there are those who will introduce destructive heresies, even, de- even denying the master who saved them. It's in churches all over. There are churches that have yoga classes, and I'm not talking about stretching exercises. Yoga classes, that's another part of the new age. All kinds of things that are going on around us that are absolutely not biblical. There's spirituality without Christ. There's spirituality without the absolute bottom line truth of the Word of God. Be aware. Be informed. You can check anything that I told you today and a whole lot more. You can check out for yourself. It's not hard to do. Most people have internet access. All you do is click a few of those things in there and you'll find stuff. I just gave you just a tiny, tiny bit of what I, what I uncovered. But I want to just encourage you. God said, I am God. I created you. And yes, you need to answer to me. Because when you have spirituality without Christ, there's no one you ultimately have to answer to. You answer for yourself, to yourself. That's ultimately where it comes down to. I challenge you, do not allow these things to come in and dilute and ruin your relationship with Christ. Let's all stand together as we close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are vulnerable sheep. We are always